Okay, maybe you're not on Instagram. Facebook, yes. LinkedIn, sure. But Instagram is for a demographic that doesn't fit your profile. Or you think it's just a time sink that you can't afford to get caught up in. I get it. But that doesn't negate the stunning rise of this week's Game Face exec, Zach Benson. A small-town Iowa boy who was bullied in school, Zach ultimately took an unconventional route of becoming a professional dancer, competing on national TV, and then parlayed that to instructing breakdancing in 40 countries. But most impressively, he further went on to become a worldwide Instagram expert who's built a network of more than 220 million followers. You gotta hear his story. And I am so grateful that Zach Benson is with us today for Game Face Execs Podcast. Zach, it's been a long time that I've wanted to talk with you on this podcast. You and I have recently become friends and uh, more aware of what each other does, but my audience is gonna be fascinated with your story and with your accomplishments, your achievements, so let's start with that. I'd like you, if you would, please, to help us understand what a Sistagram is, and, and then we'll talk a little bit about the story behind it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so think of a Sistagram like your own personal virtual assistant that's hyper-focused on your Instagram account, doing hundreds of thousands of manual actions every day, right? So it's a whole lot of human power, right? We don't use any bots or any softwares to grow people's accounts. Um, it's just the real human being interacting and doing all the things that you need to grow your account. So creating content for your account, optimize hashtags, engagement groups, posting for you seven days a week. Um, but basically, yeah, just having someone handle it 24-7, um, right? So that's what a Sistagram does. So we specialize in Instagram campaigns, um, reaching millions. So we help people build a brand around Instagram and then monetize it. It's amazing service, uh, but I don't want to. I don't want to give it away. I want you to share the number. How many followers does Zach Benson have on Instagram? So, if you just look me up on Instagram, you're gonna find Zach Vacay, and that has seventy thousand followers. But collectively, I own over forty accounts. Okay, so I have a six million travel network, um, and then on uh, with a sistergram all of our influencers and celebrities signed with us we have a network of 220 million on instagram so <laughs> it's pretty big i have accounts in uh, travel space fitness beauty um, health motivation entrepreneurship i mean pretty much we're doing it all all over the world yeah yeah normally i'm in another country another culture every single week rob um right now i'm in um, good old iowa where I was uh, raised and grew up and went to high school and college here. Um, but it's, you know, it's nice to be home right now. It's good to spend time with family. So I'm at my, um, my parents' house on their sun deck right now. <laughs> yeah, well, in fact, Zach is kind of taking his last rest before he hits the road again shortly after this interview. In fact, within hours, I know you're heading uh, overseas, you're heading uh, back to the U.S., you've got a couple of events going on in the Midwest and on the West Coast, and then you're heading to Asia, uh, to Korea, and you'll be there for some time. So we're really fortunate that this is your, this is your last uh, 
a chance to interview with, uh, with a podcast such as ours. And we're really grateful that you took the time to do this today, Zach. I want to go back and ask you, though, a little bit about Assistagram. With all the social media platforms out there, why did you select uh, Instagram as being the one that you were really going to focus on and explode for your own business? So I got into this in 2014 and basically the same guy who got me into dancing called me up. He's like, Zach, you got to get in on this. Like there's a big opportunity here, massive opportunity. Like me and my brother are making a ton of money growing all these people's Instagram accounts. Like, and so I basically bought into a 400,000 follower account. And what we used, what we did with the account was we essentially all we did was we promoted and advertised on that account and promoted other people's pages and just rinse and repeated the process. And that's back at that time, we were growing thousands of followers per day, almost 8,000 followers per day. And it was crazy. But the reason why I picked Instagram is just because I saw it growing so fast. Like, you know, it started in like 2012 and um, I just saw it like every single year, it was growing like by a hundred million users until it's like now it's like over 2 billion active users. And with all this stuff happening with TikTok, you know, and TikTok maybe getting banned and shut down, everyone's going back to Instagram. That's where um, it's all happening. And I just saw like some different um, things that Facebook was doing. And, uh, you know, of course, Facebook owns Instagram. So I was like, okay, if I don't get on it, then I'm actually going to be left behind. So I might, might as well take first movers advantage, take it seriously, go all in. And, um, you know, it's, it worked out pretty well. Yeah, well, I know you've invested a lot of time in the last six or so years building your business. You've also invested a lot of money, which right. I think is an important point for those who wanna go big. Uh, you have to spend big, right? You have to spend money to make money. Yeah. Um, was that ever difficult, you know, to, to put your trust into a social media platform or mentors or consultants who were, you know, who were pushing you to make these huge investments and these huge commitments? Because I know you're kind of that guy who says, hey, I'm going to announce to the world what I'm going to do. And I may not always win. I may not always succeed, but I'm going to tell everyone what I'm going to do. And I go in all the way. So that's Zach Benson, as I know you. Uh, talk a little bit about the, the mentality that's required to be, to be that kind of person. So um, in 2008, I actually, I did an internship with my college president at the time, Dr. David Rowe. And this guy was amazing, right? He was national, um, like went to the National War Academy. He was general in the army, CFO, of, like Texas Instruments. And um, a White House fellow too. And then he became my president. And I was like, I want to learn from you. I want to learn like leadership and how to speak on stages and be a great speaker like you. And so he kind of took me under his wing. And what I learned from him was, you know, the biggest risk of all is to actually just, it's not taking one. And that just kind of hit home with me. So I've always been a go-getter. I see something I want to do. I take action, I take initiative and I go for it. And I'm not one to think about things a lot, right? I, I, I just take that leap of faith and see what happens and I try to make the most of it. So that's really my mentality with, with everything in life, right? If I see a person I wanna connect with, I do my homework, I research them, 
I buy their products and then I connect with them. And, um, you know, some people say no and sometimes it doesn't work out, but I'm always thinking like, what is right? I always see everyone as a potential friend. And um, I always am thinking of what I can do within my power and my network to help others and to give freely. And that's how I've been able to build my network fast. But um, to answer your question about like, just investing in myself and investing in um, masterminds and training and mentors. Um, I mean, it was kind of scary, right? I remember paying my first like 5k to just attend an event. And then I, um, and, you know, and then I figured out to, how to like five exit. And then, I mean, every time that I do it, like, it's a little bit scary because I'm like, I'm worried. I'm like, what if I don't really meet anybody or what if I don't get any business? And I realized that I was operating out of the wrong mindset. I was just operating out of a transactional mindset. Like, okay, if I pay this, then I want to get this. And that's what everybody expects and wants. But instead of thinking about what you can get and take, think about what you can give to those people that you're interacting with. And, um, I, I, I switched that. Right. And so most recently I, I paid a hundred K us like hundred thousand dollars for a mastermind. And, um, that was scary. <laughs> that was very scary. And that was last year, but now I've like, I've two, I've two X it. And you know, we've only had one event cause of COVID, but I'm, you know, um, but I think it's worth it because mentors shave time off your learning curve. So instead well, of doing that, you go like that faster. Yeah. You know, I, I have always referred to that in that same way uh, to mentors or trainers is that they accelerate your learning, right? Um, I've often said you can go through the school of hard knocks and figure it out on your own, or you can find the right mentor, the right trainer, the right coach, and that person can accelerate your mistakes um, and accelerate that learning curve. And, uh, and, and so why go through the school of hard knocks uh, when you don't have to, when there's so many capable people out there, such right. as yourself, uh, a common friend that uh, we have, in fact, the person who introduced us, Trevor Crane, has uh, been a terrific resource to me, I think to you as well, but he's the kind of guy that you're describing, someone who gives, um, yeah, there's a cost to it, but he always makes sure that we get our money's worth. Yeah. And yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, I, I feel like I always operate from a beginner's mindset. So I'm always questioning to learn and to understand people and to understand things and life better. But I also, I'm a firm believer that you can learn something from anybody. It doesn't matter if somebody is a billionaire or a multimillionaire or they're homeless on the street, or they're even handi handicapped. Um, you can always learn something from somebody, and everybody is important as a human being. You just have to express a genuine interest in others, ask questions, listen, and learn. Hmm. I like that part about listening. Don't just ask to ask, but listen. Hey, um, and I was listening to something you were saying earlier, Zach, and I think our listeners and viewers were as well. You kind of slipped in there that you were a dancer. Yeah. But that's not what we would have expected to hear on a podcast about someone who's got, you know, tens of millions 
of, of followers. So tell us the backstory on you being a professional dancer. So before all this marketing stuff, Rob, I was, yeah, I was actually a break dancer and I danced and taught all over, all over the world. And um, to even take it a step back even more, um, so I was born in South Korea and then adopted by my parents in the States. And then I grew up in Iowa and, you know, I was, um, it was hard, right? Growing up for me was hard because I had this speech impediment. And so I never talked, I never participated in class. I had a 1.6 GPA in, in school. And so it was actually like life was like bad, right? I was like no friends, no confidence um, until I found dance and dance changed my life. And it became something I was passionate about became like my fire. And, um, you know, it was that same dude who got me into Instagram, got me into dancing. And he gifted me this breakdance DVD, how to break dance by Mike Garcia. And he was like, dude, you're Asian. Like you're the Asian sensation. Like you need to like live up to your Asianness. Like you're the only Asian kid in our school who can't dance. And so I watched it, fell in love with it. And I practiced, kept practicing, working hard and started a crew and, eventually made it on TV. I was on this uh, TV show called uh, So You Think You Can Dance. And you can barely see me because, um, you know, they only show the like really crazy drama and, you know, pe crazy people, right? And they're really, really good ones. I never won the show, Rob, but I, I advanced to the fourth round uh, finalists in the um, LA audition. And that was enough to help me teach dance in over 50 countries. Um, Towards the end of my career, I was making towards $1,000 an hour just teaching dance workshops around the world. Mm. And um, a lot of people are like, how, how did you do that? Well, I figured if I can um, teach three classes, three, I mean, three different age groups, three classes, two hours each, $50 per student, 10 student minimum, give um, $5 per, the, per student to the studio owner then I can do that. And normally, I mean, there's 20, 30 kids per class in age group. And, you know, so I, in a, in a week, uh, well, in six hours, I was, I did that every single week and I traveled, um, started in Iowa, Midwest and all around the world. And I did that for several years. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> now it was fun. It was fun. Teaching's my passion. To teach us a little bit about the following subject, Zach, and that subject is influencing. As you know, Game Face Execs podcast, uh, we really like to focus on the power of persuasion and the role that influence and inspiration plays in our lives, both as recipients and also as givers of persuasion and influence. Now, we hear a lot today, and we've been hearing it now for years, about influencers. And I was wondering if you could describe for us what an influencer is in your mind, how do we know um, if we are an influencer and how do we know if we're interacting with one? Oh, it's a really good question. What is influence? I mean, people like John Maxwell say it's like leadership. What I say is, I mean, each one of us has value and worth as a, as a human being and value and worth to offer others. And, each one of us has a little bit of influence over our um, peers and friends and, and family. So I think it's really like influence to me is just impacting people in a positive way 
um, so that they come to you and they ask, ask you for advice. They ask you for help. They ask you for um, your take on life and, 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 and take on a situation. Like, what would you do, Zach, if you're in my situation? Or if you were me, what should I do, right? And I think that's, that's influence. And so it starts out small like that. And as you grow your audience and you start to dominate a platform and it grows a lot bigger, and then you're sharing your message on, you know, Facebook, Instagram lives, um, through Instagram stories, and um, you're impacting thousands to millions of people. Um, so, so, yeah. so with that, uh, many people are learning how to monetize their influence. Um, and, uh, and so I would ask you, what is your purpose? of having tens of thousands, well, I, I, I've, sorry, I've undersold you, tens of millions of right. followers who are obviously influenced by your message, by your story, uh, by that which you teach. What's the ultimate end game for that? Is it just to, is it just to build up a bank account? And so I, I'd ask what you think it is for you, and then what you're also seeing out there, other examples of people who have used their influence for a particular purpose. Yeah. Excellent question. So, I mean, what I, why I do what I do is because, I mean, it goes back to when, my dancing days. When I was traveling the world, I met other dancers, other amazing artists all over the world, like Morocco and India and, you know, all over Europe. And these people were way better than me, like skill level, like talent wise, a whole nother dimension, a whole nother level. And I was just like, Okay, what's the difference, right? Well, I'm able to monetize because, you know, I know I, I, I know how to like brand, I know about branding and PR and scaling and building and growing businesses. But these guys, people are better than me, so why can't they monetize? And that was really the reason why I wanted to get into Instagram and grow this 220 million network is because I wanted to help others do more of what they love every single day and feel like when they're doing that, right? When they have that one hour a day or that two hours a day or whatever, four hours a day for some, I mean, they're doing that. It's what makes them happy. And I feel like that's how we can make the world a happier place is by helping those people. And so that's really what I do with my influence. I really like to um, see others succeed and reach their goals and their dreams and, you know, help support them. So I feel like when you do have more influence and power and um, I, you can use that for good to open up doors for people or to, you know, help them along their way towards their dreams. So what about people who, who, I mean, it feels to me, Zach, like I can get on LinkedIn or Instagram or Facebook and I can see people who look like everyday folk, right? Um, they, they're, if you, if you will, they they look fairly young. It yeah. used to be when our parents and grandparents were in business, were going up the corporate ladder. You really couldn't have influence unless you had some gray hair or some wrinkles. It yeah. seems so different today. Young people, if I can use that term, people in their twenties, people in their thirties are now grabbing influence uh, and they're spreading it throughout the world like you have done. So should, should we feel that they have taken shortcuts, that they haven't deserved 
that moniker of influence or have they simply uh, learned how to use um, tools or resources that technology have provided and they've actually now um, exposed good and value that they have that in previous times we never would have recognized? You know, when I think about that, right, a couple of things comes to mind, right? I think everybody's like, they want to go viral, right? But I mean, going viral is like super hard. But when some actually do, I mean, it can reach millions and millions of people and they might have that one moment and they might know how to leverage it to their advantage and open up more doors and get more publicity and PR and more buzz and more business. But and some people don't. I think it's just like, you know, some people are like, they know how to crack the code and they're growth hackers. And they've done hard work to figure out what types of content has viral potential, what types of content they, they need to create to potentially go viral and reach millions of people. And just other growth hacks to kind of crack the code in the systems to grow their audiences in the millions. Um, and then there's people who like, you know, kind of like takes the fast track, right? And I think that um, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It can be a smart thing too. It's just, we live in a very fast paced, smart world now. I mean, and things happen so instantly. And so I think some are just have marketing minds and they know how to sell themselves. They know how to um, be on stages and, you know, close people. I mean, it's just like some, some people have it and some people don't, but I think that like that things, that stuff can also be learned. You can also pay for pay others to do it for you um, to kind of taste, take the fast track path. Um, or, I mean, you can just, um, I mean, when I, when I, when I first started, and people are like, now you're like everywhere. Like, how did you get everywhere? Well, I don't feel like I'm that like high level. I mean, there's so many other people bigger than me, but they see me on all the stages with like Tony Robbins and all, you know, Russell Brunson and all the Sylvester Stallone, all these people. And they're like, how'd you do it? Well, I mean, I, I, I hustled. I worked hard. I mean, I worked hard for 10 years before I made a thousand dollars an hour. I was barely getting by. I was struggling. I was about to quit. I did quit several times. Um, and I even almost shut down a sistergram a couple of times. And, but how I got all of my press and my PR and kind of built my brand, I didn't take really a fast track, really. I, um, you know, I, I hustled, you know, I found other um, ways to get my foot in the door. And um, I just used, you know, one article and one um, news interview and got some more. And um, I mean, that's even how I got my first Forbes article. Um, it was all, all through like connections and relationships and it wasn't paid for. So it sounds like... Um, that makes sense. That was kind of a long-winded answer. No, it's, it's helpful. It sounds like uh, the, old, the old adage, it takes 10 years to become an overnight success, right? So you're a living testament of that. Um, took a lot of work. But it also reminds me of 
you know, back in the day when I was young, Zach, it seems like a lot of people wanted to go to Hollywood and become movie stars, right? Or television stars. And you'd look at some of the people who made it, you'd, you'd think, man, how did they make it? What, what was that, that little something that they had? Obviously, sometimes it was luck, but sometimes it was as a casting director or a director would identify or a producer, they just had that something that was hard to identify, hard okay. to even explain. And so it feels to me like in today's world of social media, those who are going viral, sometimes it is just, it's just good luck, right? Right place, right time, right video, right message, perfect timing because the world needs to hear it or see it at that moment. But most of the time, it's very strategic. It's well-planned, it's thoughtful. Um, and, and, and so that's what I think you're describing uh, for us yeah. right now. Yeah, both, both. But let me just break it down really quickly, Rob, like, like how, how I did it, right? So I, I was a break dancer, right? And I wanted to get on TV. So I saw like, um, this weather lady do a weekly workout. And she traveled to different gyms and yoga studios and tried all these different types of workouts. So I saw on one of her episodes that she did a class, um, a pole dance class, right? Pole studio. And I knew the lady who owned that because we, I did workshops at her studio. So I was like, can we do something special? Um, I'm going to do a free class and I'm going to give you all of the profit or, you know, free class. I, I'll give my time for free. I'll make you money, but I want to like, um, do something fun for that weather lady. And she was like, sure. Like, why not? Right. And, and, um, made it happen. And that's how I got on, you know, WHO TV, um, with like local Iowa celebrities. And then I used that same video link to when, um, reach out to other, uh, studios and, and news stations. So when I went to Kansas city and taught a workshop there, um, I reached out to Fox 4 Studio and Fox, so huge. And I was like, hey, I did this with this la uh, weather lady. Why don't I do the same thing with you? And we can do like a thing and a fun little thing. And I teach you how to break dance on live TV. And she thought it was sweet. She was really big into fitness. And then I just kept on using it. So, um, and then for my Forbes article, right, I did a Facebook Live in 2016. And there was one one like on that video and there's like a hundred views but then the replay happened and actually one person who was watching she had a big pr agency and she was like zach i want to travel the world for free like you i want to like i want to buy an instagram account from you and teach me how to travel for free and so i just gave her a very fair deal i was like here you go she felt loved and respected from that I went over delivered and she's like, you got to meet my friend, Jules, Jules Schroeder. Like she's got this podcast called unconventional life. Like, and you'd be a totally good fit. And so at that time, every person that was on unconventional life podcast got a free Forbes article because she was a Forbes contributor. And that's how, um, and then she wrote how millennials use Instagram to travel the world for free. And it was on Forbes and it went viral. And that's when I got like major clients and it was really just right timing, outreaching to people, not being afraid of re being rejected, um, relationships, um, charging fair, fair prices for my services, not overcharging. Um, 
So making people feel loved and respected with that, with a fair price. And yeah, I mean, just uh, luck. Mm, uh, well, people say that luck comes. Kind of, yeah. Uh, it's more likely to come the harder you work, right? So, uh, so, so much I want to ask you about what you just related to us. Um, first of all, you, you keep referring to the fact, Zach, that you have to have regard and love for other people. Yeah. Where does that come from in your life? I mean, you mentioned you're, you were adopted, you were born in South Korea, you were adopted by an American family. Where does that feeling of love come from? And I don't mean to get too personal with you or to, or to presuppose anything with you, but um, you know, I, I would imagine that some adoptees feel the opposite of love when they learn about their past, that maybe they were abandoned or someone didn't love them. And I'm not saying that that's ever the case for any one particular person, but I think it would be natural to feel that way. So where did you get this spirit of love and, and wanting to do good by other people? Yeah, I think I owe it all to like my family, God. Um, you know, I, I was very like blessed, right? I'm, I'm so grateful for my, my family here in Iowa. I mean, they just supported me through it all, right? Like even my darkest and hardest times where I was pretty much failing out of school. It's always getting in trouble, getting bad grades, getting in fights. I mean, they thought I was going to be a juvenile delinquent, just end up in jail my whole life. Um, really um so i mean i just like i remember the days when like my parents like i really struggled in school so i mean they helped me with everything you know like i mean my dad was like spending every single night with me after school um helping me with like my math homework because he was like in, in accounting and stuff and math whiz my mom was always helping me with like english and homework and stuff um you know, and then my grades started to get better when I started to take it more seriously. I just started to realize how they just went through life without complaining. And they were just so caring to everybody, not only me, but also people on the streets and just random people and all their friends. And I think I just learned all of it from, from my parents, really. Um, and, then, and then my faith as well. I did this program called Mission Year. Um, in 2009, and I lived on $2 a day for food um, a year, and just by choice, because I wanted to learn how to live on less so others could have more. I wanted to, this guy named Shane, Shane Claiborne wrote this book called Irresistible Revolution, and um, it was about how he and Mount, uh, Mother Teresa worked together and helped people in Calcutta and served the dying and the sick, and I got him a come and speak to my college and then I was like I want to live like you I want to get back I want to serve and he was like you can't and then he like tapped me touched me on the shoulder and it's like got to connect with my friend and he's got this urban ministry program called mission year and highly recommend that you do it so right after college I graduated and then I I was I told my parents this and they're like what like we just spent all this money and you're going to go like live on $2 a day for food. You're not going to get paid. You have to actually raise $12,000 to do it. And yeah, that's crazy. And I was like, yep, <laughs> like that's what I'm going to do. And uh, it was life-changing. It was life-changing and uh, taught me a lot about others, taught me to see people as people and just, uh, you know, treat everyone 
I mean, you know, like an important human being. I haven't met your parents yet, but uh, hopefully someday I will. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, but uh, they sound like unbelievable people. Um, very, very sweet people who uh, obviously had great influence on you. So as you describe yourself to us, Zach, and your background and some of the things that you went through when you were younger that you had to overcome, you have in, in, you know, now a few years later, you've created a personal brand that's really unmistakable. And people who know you, people who follow you, they, they understand who Zach Benson is. How would you define personal branding? Because I know that's a big part of what you teach. It's a big part of the service that you provide your clients. So what is personal branding and why is it important? You know, um, so I had a chance to meet Gary V um, in 2016. Um, and he's a big influencer in the marketing world. Um, so we've got almost 10 million followers now. And we spoke on this influencer marketing panel together in Hong Kong. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, he taught me, he's like, um, you know, if you want to have a successful business, like you got to be everywhere, man. You got to work hard. You got to grind. You got to travel. You got to speak. You got to like, you should be top of mind for everyone. Everyone should like, when they think that of an Instagram marketing agency, they should think Zach Benson. When they think of like, like who can help me create a, big personal brand and help me monetize it, they should think Zach Benson, right? Like you want everyone to endorse you and sing your praises. And so I just worked really hard on that and doubled down on that, took his advice. And I was like, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really it, right? When well, people- Zach, is, it, is there a difference? I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is there a difference between personal branding and corporate brand branding? And when you work with your clients, are you working with individuals primarily or do you also assist brands themselves? Ooh, yeah. So a sister gram and then a sister brand, that's our new company. But it's, uh, I think of it like this. Your name is your most important asset. I read that in a book one sometime one day and I forget who said that. But your name is like, you are the business. You are the commodity, right? Like you you live and breathe it every single day. And so I really think that they go hand in hand. And if I had to choose one, I'd choose focusing on, on you. And that'll like, that'll spread and the word will get out. So I don't know if I answered your question very well, but, um, well, you, you are answering it. Let me, let me go a little bit further with it. Let's say that I'm a corporate brand and we feel our, our brand needs some improvement or some polish. Are you suggesting that it starts with the individuals within that organization, that they need to develop a, a positive uh, image reputation or um, does it start from the top down? And I can see the advantages of either. One of my concerns starting with the bottom up is that someone within my company may develop a great personal brand, but then they leave and they take it with them. And so then I'm left with my old, you know, raggedy brand on the corporate side. And I have to start all over. So if you're talking to a corporate entity, a decision maker who wants to hire you and assist a gram for your services, 
what are some of the initial steps that you would you would encourage them to take? Well, I mean, yeah, so I think both. I, it could go both ways where, like, we grow, like, the, the founder and the CEO. Um, we get them on, on, you know, more TV and podcasts and more press and just get more of their story and their vision and missions out there. Um, but, you know, let's say, like, we work with, like, Ritz-Carlton, like a client, like, I mean, they're big, but they have so many properties all over the world. And um, I mean, we've worked with a lot of them, like we've worked most of them in Asia and Hong Kong and Thailand. And so, I mean, for them, like what we're helping them with is helping their content for that particular um, resort go viral to drive more tourist visits because with really great content leads to more growth and exposure and potential customers. So that's what like we're focusing on. It's just like the content, the storytelling, the messaging, the videography, I mean, all of that. And then using our influencer network to get it in front of everybody that is that they're targeting. Um, so that's what, that's what we're doing for like, you know, for Carlton. Okay, so it's it's about taking that brand and uh, finding the sweet spot as to what their story is. What is their message? What's their differentiator? And making sure that that's communicated through through content that we might find on Instagram to make sure that that really cut, cuts through the clutter of all that there is to, out there to look at. Am, am I interpreting it correctly? Yeah, because we wanna we wanna get their message and their. Um their values and principles and their services and their experience out to the world, really. And so, I mean, the best way to do it is through social media because what does everybody do as soon as we wake up every day? We no longer wake up to an alarm clock. We wake up to our phone and we begin scrolling and consuming content. So if you don't have any epic content that's going viral and reaching millions and millions of people, then you're going to go out of business. It's just how it works. I mean, in, instead of being a consumer yourself, think about how, how you can be a creator and, you know, pump out content and be, and be everywhere. That's, that's the goal. That's, that's what you got to do now to stand out. Does the content, Zach, have to be perfect? Not at all. I think a lot of people, like, that's the thing I learned with dancing, right? Like, great dancing, like, I mean, I was never the best dancer. Like some people are good freestylers. They listen to music and they react. Some people are like really good at following choreography. I mean, you know this in sports, right? Some people just have amazing hand-eye coordination. They can follow patterns and, you know, other people got to work a little bit harder and they're more freestylers. So it's like everything in life, right? Freestyler or like a combination of both or just the other. Um, so when you're freestyling, like you're listening to the music and just simply reacting and moving. So how I feel my music is different than how you feel the music. And everybody and every person is different. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's a good thing to just simply feel it and groove and put it out there. But I think a lot of people get stuck because they're afraid of what others will, will say. They're afraid of looking bad, getting made fun of, and looking silly. And I think you got to get over that. And that's, that's what I learned, um, you know, through my dance career. Um, and so at, with my content, I mean, stuff too, like 
I'm not like the most like eloquent like speaker and best grammar and stuff. I mean, I told you like I have an expert writer that sometimes writes some of my stuff, but it's my personal stories and experiences that and and some of my statuses. But there's some statuses that I just post. I feel it and I post it and I write about it and that that still goes pretty viral. So I think it's just being vulnerable, being authentic, being genuine, showing people the 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 times when you lost a big deal, the times when you kind of screwed up and made a really big mistake, um, stuff that you look back on and you're like so embarrassed, but you share that with people on social media and you tie it back into business or um, you know something that people can uh, take away. People re- will um, resonate with that. Hmm. So. You know, I'm thinking about the, um, the type of client that you, that Assistagram takes on. And I think you just answered really the next question I was leading towards, and that is, what is a really good client for you? And also, what's a client that probably won't work with you very well, meaning it just won't work out. So let me, let me see if I can answer it, and then you correct me. A really good client for Assistagram and Zach Benson is one that's willing to take some chances, one that's willing to be raw and authentic uh, and spontaneous um, and also vulnerable. Um, And a bad client would be one who's always got to, they're always preparing to get ready, (laughs) right? So they're, they're always waiting for that perfect moment, that perfect word choice, that perfect message. And, uh, and they're not taking advantage of the opportunities that are there every single day because every single moment of every single day, people are doing what you said. They're scrolling, right? They, they, they were on Instagram 10 minutes ago. They get back on it today or rather right now. They want to know what's happened in the last 10 minutes. So am I describing your ideal client and then the client maybe that you probably would pass on? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that we, we also are like, perfectionist in the sense that like we like making things look good and people look good so Mm. right like we prep you before you go on an interview like or a tv show or like we like our design team is insane so we want to make sure that like your content looks the best um just as from a design perspective right Mm. um because that's very very important to me as like an artist but you're right rob i think that um we're more, we really like to work with people who just trust us and trust the process because we're the experts and we know what we're doing. But at the same time, we're open to advice and, and changes um, and willing to create, um, let the best idea win um, between us all. And so like, that's really how we work. Um, but yeah, I mean, just people who are like, like to move fast and, um, you know, like put, st- put stuff out there. And yeah, I mean, you, you, you basically summed it up pretty nice though. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, so in your travels, Zach, and as I mentioned at the beginning of this interview, uh, this is, this, you're spending the last few hours in Iowa with us. We appreciate that before you headed back out on the road for a lot of work. Um, just give us an idea. What is social media and Instagram particularly, what does it look like globally right now? 
for those of us who don't have a lot of exposure to it, uh, tell us how it is evolving and frankly, tell us how it's changing the world. So 20, it's 2020 now and a lot of like, I mean, you, you know how like so many things have, this has been a crazy year, but with uh, social media wise, I mean, I mean, the biggest thing was like, okay, Instagram rolled out Instagram stories. So it pretty much shut down Snapchat. Um, you know, and then now it's like TikTok is about to get shut down by the president. And it's crazy. And everybody's shifting again to like Instagram. But I mean, it's just overall, influencer marketing is a $15 billion industry. And it's rapidly growing. So more and more brands and companies and people are getting on social media, investing lots of money to get their products and services seen and known and heard all over social media. And so I feel like if you're not actually taking it seriously and investing in growth and investing in content and trying to make that go viral, then you're going to get like left behind. Right. So I really think that like social media is like, it's how we communicate. I mean, it's how we do everything now. Hmm. Now, uh, before someone might hire Zach Benson and Assistagram, I know you've got a book coming out. It's called Reach. And, um, and I, I was wondering if you could just share with our audience uh, a little bit about what we will gain from obtaining the book Reach and how soon can we get our hands on it? So we're taking our time with this. I mean, this is going to be out like next year, but um, so reach. So it's how to connect with anyone, how to build your influence and live a lifestyle business. Um, so create a lifestyle business. And, you know, really it's just like what the take, main takeaways is really just about connection, how to find creative ways to stay in touch with people, how to get um, the top 1% in your industries, singing your praises, endorsing you. Um, and, you know, helping you like, um, yeah, create that lifestyle business, right? Teaching you how to work from anywhere um, and have fun while doing it. So I think the biggest takeaways are really just that life is all about people. Um, so teaching you like how ways to um, create deep relationships with others that can open up doors. And it only takes one person. And that one person could be a like a lead to multi-millions and millions of dollars right i was just talking about this with um david woodward who's the um chief business uh, development officer of like uh, click funnels russell brunson's company and he interviewed me on his podcast yesterday but he was just like you know it's just all it takes is just that one relationship that one connection and i mean that could 5 10 15 20 100x your business right there and so that's what we're talking about in the book reach is how to reach up, reach out, serve, give back, and also reach within and learn how to make people and, and companies that you work with better. It's a great message, uh, Zach, yeah. you yeah. know, I'm an admirer of yours and, uh, and also uh, grateful for the work that, uh, that we are doing together and will do together in the future. 
And I can't wait to get uh, the copy of Reach when it's available next year. And I appreciate the fact that you're taking your time on it. Uh, there's, there, you know, good things do take time. Yes. And um, appreciate uh, also your time with us today and among your busy, amidst your busy schedule. And uh, we'll make sure that, of course, our listeners and our viewers know how to, uh, to reach you. Yes. If that's all right. Sure. Um, is there any question, Zach, that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you uh, in this time together before we say goodbye? Honestly, Rob, like this, you like this was one of the best interviews ever. Like, I, I mean that because you did your research and homework and on me. And um, I was surprised also with some of the questions that you asked me. You're very good. Well, like thought out questions. So I really enjoyed this interview. And I thank you for your time and just, um, yeah, giving me this opportunity. So I would love to connect with all of you. Um, and, you know, happy to connect and would love to hear your story. So feel free to reach out to me on Facebook and, you know, Instagram, um, Zach Vacay. And our website is uh, assistagram.com if you need help with any of this stuff. So, but more than that, I just love to connect. Um, so, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out. And, you know, thanks, thanks again, Rob. This was awesome. Thank you, Zach. And by the way, next time I see you, um, I'm bringing my shoes and we're doing some break dancing. All right. All right, let's go. Let's all right. <laughs> You've promised I'm taking you up on this one time. Okay. All right, I'm going to teach you. Yeah. Let's make it happen. All right. Take care and safe travels. All right. Thanks, Rob. See ya. Thanks for being a part of this episode of Game Face Execs. If you found any of it useful or helpful, please rate or like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I always appreciate you referring us to others as well. I'll see you next week. Until then, persuade, influence, inspire.